as well dive into the uh, main show, huh? I thought we were. Oh, okay. I thought we... <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, you know we, we never really have a clear starting time. We should probably just start. We don't need to be like, hey. Yeah. We, should, we should start. I'm sure you saw the uh, the, the Oregon measure. What was it? Measure 114? Yeah. I didn't really know anything about it until I started looking into it. It, but. it is absolutely atrocious. Like, I don't think anybody... I don't think anybody thought it was going to pass. So I believe what happened in Oregon was they got enough signatures to get this on the ballot, I believe. So that's generally how the stu- a lot of stuff like that works. They'll, uh, you know, they'll get enough signatures and then it goes to the vote of the people. That's, it was slightly different than what we did in Iowa. Because here in Iowa, we're freedom-loving folk. And we amended our constitution for this, uh, this voting cycle this go around. Um, so what we did was um, we put the second amendment in Iowa's constitution. And we talked about this on the last gears and beers. So if you want to hear about all that stuff, go check that out. But um, we amended our constitution. We had to have it voted on twice in our legislature. And then um, once it was passed through those twice, then it went to a vote of the people and they overwhelmingly approved. It, it was like 65 point something to, you know, uh, 35, something like that somewhere in that ballpark. And so I almost two thirds majority, which I was super impressed by. Um, I didn't think it would be that, that, that good, but we did. I was pretty proud of Iowans for that. But in Oregon, they went the other freaking direction and this measure 114 passed. And this is like the most atrociously horrible bill, uh, that I've seen in a long time. So what it does, one of the things it does, it bans 10 round magazines or bans anything over a 10-round magazine, the sale and possession of them, but you can have them on your own property. Explain to me how this works. Like, how do they... So you can have them, or you can have them in a shooting range, but you can't transfer them off your property. Like, you can't be... You got to mail them to the shooting range? See, I don't... That's that's so it doesn't make sense. Like, how do you get them to the shooting range? Because they have to be in... Like, you can use them on your property... So that doesn't. Well, their their grandfather the their grandfathered in, right? Only on your property, though. Like, well, that, that's probably why they do that. I mean, if they grandfather them in, but they say you can use them everywhere, right? It would make no sense. Yeah, it wouldn't. But this still doesn't make any sense, anyways. So I don't know. Like, are they expecting? Because right now there was Palmetto and every other uh, big gun company is. Um, putting preferred shipment to anyone in Oregon. Like, and that's what they do every time a bill like this passes. So there's hundreds of thousands of magazines going into the state and um, people are just buying everything. Like I, I read another article that was talking about like everybody in the state is just buying everything they can or everything they've wanted. So they don't have to deal with, and there's, there's permitting, permitting uh, crap in this bill too. I saw uh, usually the, the next checks, it's like 800, per month or something up there it's it was after that bill passed it's like at four thousand eight hundred a month not month i think day uh, okay i was gonna say that seems really low yeah that doesn't surprise me i'm it's is a freaking buying frenzy up there so there's all this stuff flooding into the state and they're gonna allow you to keep it and then think that it's gonna have any any impact on crime it's times like these where i think that they were genuinely are in the in the 
being paid off by the firearms industry to increase sales in certain maybe areas. Maybe there is a, a take that I saw uh, on somebody posted this on on Twitter. Uh, Michael Fuller, a Portland civil rights lawyer, which will tell you how intelligent right there this guy is, had a different reason for voting yes on this measure. My preferred concealed carry weapon does not have more than 10 rounds in its magazine anyway. Oh, I read that. He wrote in a direct message on Twitter. So I figured that passing 114 would make it less likely that I'd be outgunned if I were in a gunfight with an active shooter. I, I, like I'm, in, I'm speechless. Take in the stupidity, folks. Take in the stupidity. I don't even know what to say about that. Murder is illegal. So do you think that if that... It does make him less likely to be murdered. uh, (laughs) So this this guy is going to go on an active shooting spree, which is illegal. He's going to go and kill as many people as he possibly can. Do you think he's going to look at those magazines that he has on his bed and be like, oop, I can't take this 30-rounder. I got to take the 10-rounder because I can't have the 30-rounder out of my home. He's going to carefully count his 17-round mags down to 10. The the utter stupidity of this is just just absolutely baffling. Just baffles me. I don't... Yeah. No, they're, they're out to kill me, but they're definitely going to only use 10 rounds. <laughs> shocks. It just shocks me how stupid it is. Um, and there was a bun- there's some other stuff in there, too. Uh, as far as a permitting scheme goes, so you have to... You have to get a permit before you can buy a weapon. Um, and in order to get that permit, you have to pay $65, but also go through uh, a, a, pay, a law enforcement certified firearms training course. But it doesn't set how much that they can charge for it. They can charge as much as they want. And law enforcement agencies are not required to to do this. And there's not that many shooting ranges in, in, in Oregon, and it has to be live fire training. So there's no, like, nobody nobody has to do this. They don't, well, most of the counties don't even have the resources to do no. this at all. No, And, and they came go, out and said that. This goes into effect in, like, two or three weeks. So there was a take I was reading on Twitter that, um, they may, if this is allowed to stand, and it's not, uh, there's an, not an injunction put on it. This, there's a very real possibility that there couldn't be a gun sold in Oregon for like the next year. Yeah. Like, well, th- there's that part of it also, but they also, the the application they don't even have, they don't even have a plan for this. Mm-hmm. The people that drafted this this measure, they didn't. They thought. It went, would go into effect in January, mm-hmm. thirty days after the certification of the election. But no, it goes into third into effect thirty days after the election day. They didn't know that, and they're writing these fucking bills. <laughs> well, just judging from the way the bill was written, anyways, they're not that intelligent. Yeah, that's so. Now they have what three weeks to get everything in order. Like, there's no way. There's it's there's no way. Yeah, it's gonna. You're not gonna be able to buy a gun in Oregon. And if it, this if it makes it to December seventh, anyways. Right, and also this permit system, you have to renew it every five years. So you're literally paying money and being forced to take a class to exercise a constitutional right. Yeah, you, you have to take this class, even if you have a carry permit as well mm-hmm. already. Right, it yeah, doesn't. The, they don't care about that. The carry permit doesn't cover anything. Nope. It doesn't help any. So yeah, um, 
but under the, I don't, there's no way that this stands because under the Bruin decision that, you know, the Supreme court put out a few months ago there, you have to go by two aspects, tradition and the text of the bill and tradition and history of the United States. Like there is no tradition and history of you being forced to pay a, a fee to exercise a constitutional right. There's, there's none. And it strictly says it in the bill, in the constitution shall not be infringed. Like how is forcing you to pay us money to exercise this right and then pay someone else money to go and take their class, which they can charge as much as they want for. In what world is that not infringing on someone's right? This would have been already been decided that it was going to be on the ballot before the Bruin decision was dropped, correct? I believe so, yes. Yes. Because it just baffles me how states continue to try and push through stuff that's blatantly unconstitutional that the Bruin decision even has said, no, that's <laughs> you can't do that. But right. they, they're just like, we're going to do it anyway. Right. Well, that's what exactly what New York's doing. Oh, yeah. They keep passing like all this absolute bullshit that keeps getting knocked down. I don't understand their... Um, and another, another thing is ballot, this measure would uh, basically allow your personal information to be added to a government registry. So that it requires that law enforcement maintains a registry of gun owners' personal information, and that includes your legal name, your address, telephone number, uh, date and place of birth, physical descriptions, fingerprints, pictures, and any additional information determined necessary by law enforcement. This data will be published annually. Published? That's what this on their like on their fucking website. I mean, I know it's or it's ran by the the state police. So I wonder, I wonder what they mean by. I wonder what they mean by published. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, a registry is in itself is concerning, but when they say publish it, or they just mean they're going to review it every uh, year. I'm not quite positive. I'm not quite. But either way, that's a blatant violation of oh, your 100%. of your privacy rights, let alone your Second Amendment rights. I was having this conversation with someone the other day, and I mentioned to him that it requires a permitting system. I'm like, well, is it really that bad that you have to, you know, get a permit? Iowa used to require you get a, to get a permit. And I says, well, yeah, but can you imagine, like, you have to go and pay the government 60-some dollars and take a class before you're allowed to have Facebook or Twitter or speak in public? Or vote. Or vote or any of those aspects. Like, they're, they're, they say that having a, a fucking valid photo ID is is not okay to be able to vote. It's an infringement. Exactly. So how in what planet on what planet is it okay? And this person will says, Well yeah, but like you can't kill someone with words. Like that's not the point. That's not that that, that doesn't matter. Like that's not No, but you can toss a country into tyranny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um law enforcement agencies, like I said earlier, are not required to offer the training courses, but they are only but they are the only ones who may offer the course. So in many, let's say this, uh, you know, you live in a county where the the sheriff is anti-gun. He's not going to do shit for you. I mean, he's not going to help you out. The permits aren't shall issue either. They're may issue. Right. So they can completely, completely. Def- um, also, first time firearm owners may find it impossible to obtain a permit because number one, to, the t- to obtain the permit, applicants must first pass the firearms training course. To pass the course, applicants must have a firearm, but they can't purchase a firearm until they obtain the permit. 
That's fucking backwards. So I didn't number, know that. So number two, first-time firearm owners will have to rely on borrowing a firearm from law enforcement or another individual. But law enforcement is not obligated to, to provide firearms for the course. And uh, SB 554, which was passed last year, 2021, severely limits temporary transfers of firearms between individuals. Because I think you'd have to like pass a 4473 background check to get it to to go to this, you know, to borrow this firearm, but you don't have a permit. So there, you couldn't pat, you couldn't, it, it's impossible. So <laughs> it's it just baffles me. Like, um, it's how absolutely ridiculous it is. I was one thing I was wondering about a lot of sheriff, or I don't know a lot, but multiple sheriffs have said they're not going to enforce this. Mm-hmm. But is there, what is there any action like the state could take against those sheriffs? I feel like there is. When a sheriff's just like, "Nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that." I feel like the state could, I don't know, take away their funding or something. They could probably take away their funding, yeah. But being that sheriffs are um, elected individuals, I don't know if they could. I don't think they could like fire them or something. But they could, they could definitely affect their funding, yeah. I'm sure they'll pass a, a bill or something <laughs> that allows them to do whatever the fuck they want to, yeah. to sheriffs that, that, that don't do their bidding. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. But yeah, that was that was at least comforting to see. I did see a lot of sheriffs like we're not going to enforce this magazine limit because it's it doesn't it's it's not constitutional. It's just absurd. Um, so I did see. Um, uh, and and if you're not familiar with Oregon, it's you know everybody votes red and. The, ma- the massive majority of the state, Portland, and then there's the little tiny, or not the little tiny, but as opposed, you know, when viewed by area, they're fairly small. Is the cities, you know, they all vote the blue. So the whole entire freaking state votes against this, and this little city is is running, you know, basically running the show out there. And obviously, by the tweet I read, I read you earlier, these people are not intelligent individuals. So. That is, that's, that's democracy for you. Like that is democracy. You have a bunch of uneducated, ignorant, scared jackasses. And especially in Portland, like they literally rioted for like nine months out there. Every single night they were burning down buildings and just, there was massive protests and riots. The media didn't cover that. Wasn't that where, where uh, Chaz was or was that Seattle? I think somewhere up there. It was, yeah, it was in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not sure where exactly, but it was either Seattle or Portland. Uh, and I, if Portland had kind of its own version of it, if it wasn't that, if it wasn't Chaz, but yeah. So, and this one is one thing that's been su- just bugging the shit out of me for the last month or two. Like the Democrats rallying call was save democracy, save democracy. And, we are not a democracy. The United States of America is not a democracy. And any re- any representative, congressman, senator that keeps echoing that is a fool. Like, you can't, like, that's not what we are. We are a constitutional representative republic. There is a massive difference between the two. And it bugs the shit out of me when someone says that we're a democracy because we are not. I've never heard a single so- single politician call us a constitutional republic. 
ever. I don't think. No, no. I I mean on either side. Probably no, not generally. But at its core, like just I'll explain the difference here shortly. At its core, democracy is that the majority rules. Like fifty-one, well, actually, like fifty point four percent or something voted for Measure One Fourteen, and forty-nine point six voted against it. Well, it passed by the majority, slight, very, very slight majority. So now this utter stupidity goes into effect for the entire state. Like that, that is democracy right there. That's simple. The majority rules. Well, that is not what we are in the United States of America. We are, they call us a constitutional Republic because the constitution protects the rights that we have. And those rights cannot be voted away by the majority. That's why we have the bill of rights. That's why we have, you know, the second amendment, the first amendment, that entire bill of rights. So that even if we have a supermajority of one side in the House, they cannot vote to take away those inalienable, inalienable God-given rights. That's that's at the heart of what a constitutional republic is. And that's just been driving me nuts lately. Save democracy. Save democracy. No, that's not what we are. Not what we are. It's a buzzword. I mean, oh, sound good. Hundred percent. Yeah, and, and if you don't vote for us, you're gonna drive this country into the ground. Well, and that's the thing that, that cracked me up. You're too. gonna it's give like, up all your freedom. They're talking, yeah, they're talking like vote for us or it's not democracy. It's like that's what democracy. That, it, that first off, that's what democracy is. Like you decide what is best, what you think is best for you and the country, and you vote for that. Not this vote for us, otherwise you're it's not democracy. That's like freaking Biden saying vote for me or you're not black, you know. It's <laughs> it's, it's Is just, that something he really said? I honestly yes, well, yes, hundred percent. He said it. He was talking to uh it was on some uh conference call with this uh or Zoom call with his with this black fella. And he's like, he literally said that, like, you're not a real black person if you don't vote for me. Yeah, he's, he's, it was very close to that phrase, like, um, if if you don't vote for me, like, are you really black or something like that? Yeah, absolutely, he said it. Like, I, the whole country was just like, seriously, dude, like, how freaking racist is that? That you just assume that somebody's color of their skin means you know how they're gonna think right. and vote. Yeah. You're acting pretty white for a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh so I, I have high hopes that um there is obviously already lawsuits um happening over this. Whether they'll be shut down before the December, what'd you say, seventh deadline? Yep. yep. I don't I don't know. I don't I just don't, there's absolutely no way that this could pass constitutional muster. It can't. Period. There's going to be a stay. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a stay. Uh, you mentioned there's lawsuits already already uh, filed for it. The first one was actually filed two days ago by Oregon Firearms Federation. Okay. But there was another one ongoing in California under the Ninth, Ninth Circuit, which also covers Oregon. So if that gets struck down in California... Then it'll cover that part in Oregon as well. What lawsuit was going on in California? I didn't get the name of it, but there is an ongoing magazine ban. Oh, right. It's the um, Benit, what the hell is his name? The the same judge that, um, if you're not familiar with Freedom Week in California, there was a judge in California that, that declared 
their magazine ban out there unconstitutional. And for a week, um, they call it Freedom Week, you could order 30-round magazines. And there was estimates of up to a million magazines flowing into the state. And then after a week, there was a stay put on it by the Ninth Circuit, I believe. And ever since then, there's been the stay in order. So as of right now, or for the longest time, I'm not sure as of right now, actually, those 30-round magazine, you could you could possess and use them if you got them during that time because they were legal to possess. Um, but then another court decided, no, that's not okay. And then the Supreme Court Bruin decision happened, and then that whole decision got knocked back down to to that same judge that did it. So I'm not sure where it is out there, but it's it's a whole everything in California they they just drag out as long as they possibly can just to f with gun owners. So, but yeah, if that passes or if that is approved and knocked down as unconstitutional, then I mean it's pretty clear that Oregon's law is unconstitutional as well. Mm -hmm. I think everybody and at least that portion of it, anyways. And I don't it won't cover the rest of that bullshit, right? But I mean, there's been a lot of shit down struck struck down over the Bruin decision. I don't there's I don't see how this is not eventually, but it's unfortunate that the owners now have to deal with this. And like, just uh, let's take a you know like let's let's think about this. Say a woman breaks up with her boyfriend and he is goes crazy, you know, starts stalking her, threatening to kill her and stuff. She's a single mom. Decides, you know what? I need to, I need to take uh, protection of, into my own hands. So she goes and tries to get a gun. Guess what? She can't. She's got to go through training that who knows when that'll ever be offered. She's got to go through this whole permitting system. She's got to buy a gun that she's got to get the training <laughs> right. first to buy. <laughs> right. You have to. You'd have to know someone that has a gun. Say she lives in the city. She'd, and, you know, all her friends are hippie liberals. Nobody has a gun. She'd have to know someone to even borrow one if you could borrow it. So this could go on for months. She has no protection. Boyfriend ends up going psycho and killing her. That would 100% be the fault of this stupid freaking bill, this stupid new law, you know, and that's... And to say that that stuff doesn't happen, I mean, it absolutely does. It absolutely does, but... I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see it standing up to the Constitution. Well, that doesn't really mean anything these days. No. No. Doesn't f***ing matter. We're like, no. oh, unconstitutional? We don't care. So uh, a lot of these gun owners in Oregon have a choice, like, to deal with this and to abide by the law or say, screw it. Like, this is not, I'm not, no, I'm not going to comply. And I think definitely I would be one of those. Um, that you know, screw that. But there's also there's a whole movement going on. Uh, there has been for years, you know. Um, but that it's kind of I think it's gaining a little bit more ground. The sovereign citizen movement. I've honestly never even heard of it. Really? Until recently. Really? Yeah. I've 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 known about it for years. Apparently, it's, it's been a thing since like the seventies, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is kind of shocking to me. I had no fucking idea. Yeah. So basically, a sovereign citizen. Um at its core says that the the United States government is is um does not have any authority over them they're their own sovereign citizen and uh, the sovereignty simply means that you have ultimate authority over um yourself like when you call them a so a sovereign nation 
that means they have, they have the ultimate authority inside of their borders. That's the same as a sovereign citizen. A sovereign citizen says, hey, I am my own person. I have ultimate authority to whatever se- you know I say. Like, and and I can I can I can understand that. Like for a long time, I've wondered like why, since we're born within these borders, do I have to give thirty percent of my income to the government just because I was simply born within in these borders? And why is the fact that you know I was born here, so I can't own this or I can't do this because they someone said that? Like you're like they're a king. So I I mean that mo- that kind of makes sense to me. A little bit, I would say. I mean, can does that? What about you, Box? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know if that. I mean, yeah, but saying yeah kind of makes me feel like <laughs> it makes me sound like I'm agreeing with the whole sovereign citizen movement and and looking into it. I I think they're just a bunch of nut jobs. So I don't want to say, well, yeah, I'm agreeing with them. Why do you think they're a bunch of nut jobs? Because they are. I mean, they remind me of leftists. The ones that kick and scream and bitch and moan about everything with no real f***ing logic behind it. Right. They think by just kicking and screaming they're going to get their way, and that's not how it works i mean you get pulled a sovereign citizen gets pulled over in a traffic stop they just sit there i'm not gonna abide by your law and they think the cops should be like oh right. okay go on your way then right but that's not how it works so then they just end up in our entire system because that's how they they work they i mm-hmm. mean there's to me it sounds like a, a cult like there's I, I don't know what what to call them at call them there's groups I guess that you can like pay your way into and memberships. Mm-hmm. So then, when you encounter a problem like this, let's use use a traffic stop as an example. Mm-hmm. Then they just flood the courts with paperwork, so then they can't do anything. So then you're never supposedly never really prosecuted for this, right? But that's just. Yeah. That seems wrong to me. I mean, in the process, they're f***ing everyone else over. How are they f***ing everyone else over? By flooding the courts with paperwork. Using taxpayer dollars? Yes. Yeah. Well, I see your point. Like, I think think there are... um, Well, number one, I think that anytime you look into these people, like the main majority of the information that you find is going to be, oh, they're white supremacist, crazy bastards that don't like, you know, they're racist and, and all this stuff. And that was one of the first responses, the first articles that pulled up when I Googled a sovereign citizen was, you know, they used to be white, white supremacists, but now more uh, minorities are getting into it as well. And they're painted intentionally with, that's the same as any any right wing group. Like if you Google, um, say NRA member, like the the top fifty results are going to be like, oh, they're a white white dominated, you know, bigoted people generally. So I think like when you Google sovereign citizen, that's the majority of what you're going to get. But and I'm sure there are that in that group. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not, I'm not defending those people. But I think there are a lot more mild. Uh, towards the the more mild end of the spectrum that that's just how they think like hey 
I'm my own person. How can you assault or how can you um, have authority over me? I'm my own person. So that way of thinking makes sense. Like I understand that, but not the crazy, insane. I, but that's that's a that's the root of their whole argument is they're like I don't give consent for you to arrest me or ticket me or whatever right. because they don't they don't abide by those laws. Right. That's nuts to me. Well, yeah, I get that. And and you can't just be like, "No. No, I don't recognize that law." Why not? I mean, you can be like that. <laughs> it's not going to do you any fucking good. That's why. That's why I think it's nuts. What good is yelling that in the in the face of a police officer who's giving you a traffic t- ticket going to do? Right. Absolutely nothing. They're just going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to yank you out of your car and take you to jail. Right. No, I get that. I get that. But it's. Uh, I mean, but like people like us, like, don't you see some connection? Like we refuse to accept, like this is unconstitutional, these laws, and we're not going to abide by them, I will not comply. Isn't I will not comply the simil- a similar... Yes, but the difference is what we're not complying against are in the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. And we're not just everything that's an inconvenience to us. We're not just like, oh, well... I don't recognize that law. Right. These are things that are actually our rights, not just privileges. Yeah. Like one of one thing I kept seeing was that it comes back to traffic stops again. Their argument when they get pulled over is because they a lot of them they would drive without license plates or licenses or something, and they'd be like, "You're driving without a license," and they'd be like, "Well, I'm not driving. I'm traveling." What the f- kind of argument is that, <laughs> dude? Yeah, that's pretty pretty pathetic. Well, yeah, I mean, that's stupid, and that's that whole, I get that. I understand that's stupid. And I I think the, there are prices we pay to live in a civilized society. Um, there are things that we have to accept to live in a civilized society, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I can understand the sovereign citizen viewpoint a little bit. I get that. But at the same time, if we want to live in a civilized nation, you know, there are, it's a, there, it is give and take. Um, and there's, but you're right. There are, are the rights that we say I will not comply with are ones that are infringing on our constitutionally protected rights. You know, our gun rights, our freedom of speech, our freedom to religion, freedom to assemble, you know, all those rights that are, you know, obviously clearly laid out for us. Um, but I mean, I'm getting pretty freaking tired of paying taxes myself. You know, maybe let's... Oh, I haven't paid taxes in years. <laughs> you might not want to, <laughs> you might not want to put that out there forever. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't know. I guess I, I, I think there are some non nut job people in there that just want to live their life and be left alone. Well, sure. But that's, that's, I don't know. That's different. I mean, being like a full blown, the whole movement, I think. Like if you join it, it's like an inconvenience to, to both you and everyone that you deal with. Cause you're, I mean, you, you don't, there's no a legitimate paperwork that you can, I mean, you go and get a job 
you're going to have to fill out forms for that. You're not going to do that shit. Well, those are racist. You can't. They well, can't yeah. require you to fill out <laughs> no photo IDs, nothing like that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see it your It just point. feels, it sounds like nothing but an inconvenience. Like they're just throwing a fit. Right. In the, and I mean, I get, I get it, but it, they're going about it all wrong, it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's why, I don't know, because I'm pretty sure the the uh, sovereign citizen movement would be probably probably be classified as far right. Oh, yeah. So that's why, that's why they, I guess that's why they remind me of the far left. They kick and scream, but they don't have any real right. ground. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I get that. But, I mean... As opposed to uh, the reason I brought this up was we're ta- obviously talking about the the Oregon unconstitutional nonsense going on there, but they have a you know they have a choice to make. Are they gonna? Let, but that's similar to us, you know. We we recognize that you know we recognize authority up into a certain point, and your authority ends where the Constitution says it ends, and I'm not gonna abide by this. And I think if the same thing happened nationwide or in in my state, I would be the exact same way. I'm sorry, I'm not abiding by this, and I do not recognize your authority, and I will not partake in this uh, nonsense. Yeah, some of I I was trying to find out exactly what it was that the that sovereign citizens believed, and there and there was a few different things. So I'm not sure that there's one exact thing. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I came across some pretty humorous stuff. Uh, the w- one of them that I came to that sounded the most legitimate to me was that they they believe that we stopped being a country and starting being a corporation in 1871. And was that when the 14th Amendment was written? It must have been close to there because um, that that's the other thing that they believe that the that the wordage of the 14th amendment it says all persons born or naturalized in the united states are citizens of the united states or the state wherein they reside but before this before that 14th amendment you were a, a sovereign citizen of your state and not the the country the, yes so they believe that was taking away your human rights so anything written after the 14th amendment they just do not recognize at all. Hmm. I mean, so anything, any laws or amendments written after eight, eighteen seventy one? No, thank you. Okay, I, I came across. This is probably one of the more crazy, the one of the crazier, uh, crazier uh, members of the movement, I guess. But they were talking. No, Joe Biden will not be inaugurated on january 26th donald or as the what is he 40 47th president 46 46 i thought trump Trump was 45 oh okay yeah okay one behind one head whatever they said uh biden will not be inaugurated as the 46th president on on january 26th trump will be inaugurated on march something because that's when the original inauguration date was sometime in in march so they recognized as, and they said 
he'll be inaugurated as as the nineteenth president because they don't recognize any of the other presidents after <laughs> after eighteen seventy one. But for some reason, they suddenly recognize Donald Trump. Oh yeah, makes sense. I don't like how is his how would his presidency be any more legitimate than any, right. any of the presidency or any of the previous? Just because you you like him more than than the rest? Yeah. Yeah, uh, there was another theory, um, something about the, they view the, the, like you said, the government is more of a corporation because they, they enslave our, the citizens of the U.S. and they, they use their birth certificates as, uh, they sell and buy people's birth certificates. So they view us as livestock, something like that. <laughs> it's like. Which, you know, I didn't look into anymore, but I mean, that sounds pretty freaking, pretty freaking crazy if you ask me. Yeah. And I mean, I can sort of get, I can get the corporation thing. Yeah. And I, I a hundred percent, I agree that the government doesn't have our best interest in mind. The government has the government's best interest in mind. Almost 0% of the time. Yeah. And I, and I honestly, I do feel like the government views us as its property, like, that when Biden tried to, this is exactly what I said when Biden tried to force the um, the vaccine on thousands, millions and millions of people. That's what people do to cattle. Like when you own something, it's your choice what goes into its body. Like, and that's what exactly what they were trying to do with that vaccine. So I I honestly feel like the government views us as as livestock. Oh, definitely. You can tell by the way that they refer to themselves as their our leaders. Yep. When did that start? You think that they started calling themselves our leaders? Mm. I don't know, because back around, I mean, when JFK and JFK was like, I mean, he was still a, a he was a Democrat, but a, a, nowadays standards, he would be a very conservative Republican. So I think, I mean. I don't know. Maybe shortly after that. I I, I don't know. That's I guess. Um, I don't know. That always bothers me. What? We should uh, that they call themselves or people call them or leaders. Yeah, it's I not, know that drives no, me nuts too. You, no, there are elected representatives and they work for us, and that's what pissed. Like when Biden was yelling at that guy in Detroit before he ever got elected, I don't work for you. <laughs> yes, you do, you dickhead. That's I'm not a, sure that's you know how very, this works. That's the very reason that uh, that we, you know, you're in the position that you're in because the people elected you. Well, wait, who pays you? Right. Um, in passing, before we go on to something more positive. This elect- we have something positive on the on the agenda. Yeah, this election was the best midterms for any president in the last fifty years. Well, that's just because everyone loves Biden. Normally, normally great. midterms for the president's party is uh, pretty brutal. Uh, in two thousand twelve, Obama lost sixty seats in this in the Congress. Um, in ninety four, um, Clinton lost fifty some. And Joe Biden is literally the least popular president in the history of the United States. He had a lower um, approval rating at one point than any other president in the United States. And he lost like four seats. Not very many, very, very few, very few. Like it was less than 10. I don't remember how many it is. He gained one in the Senate. 
I believe, and only lost like five or six in the house. I thought that they lost nine in the house. Did they? Okay, so still under ten. They lost. They lost nine in the house. I think it's the, been a while. Republicans uh, won eight. I okay. Think. Okay. Well, I've been trying to not pay too much attention to it because it makes my blood boil. But that's like, how does that happen? How is the least president in history, the least popular president in history, lose the least votes of any uh, Democrat or any president in fifty some years? That's not. That's not a that that doesn't happen. It's not real easy to explain. I mean, I certainly can't explain it. The only explanation at this point is because um, the young people came out and voted because of abortion. But well, I actually, it could be. It's kind of like a football game when you're going into a team that you know you're going to beat, and you play so you don't give it your all. Republic ever for months, everyone was saying there's going to be a red wave. Republicans are going to take everything. So that could have also influenced all these people to be like, I don't need to go vote. We already got this. But everybody I know voted. I didn't know. I don't know anybody that said I didn't bother voting. So I don't know. I'm I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying that um, the people that keep telling us, nope, there's no, there's no foul play going on. Everything, trust us. Everything's normal. Like, look at the, f- I'm not looking at any, but like, they keep saying people are spreading misinformation. Nothing that anyone has said, no news source, nothing that anyone has told me influences my thoughts on it. My thoughts are clearly my what I view and and the things that I see happening. And the fact that every time that it's a drawn-out race and the Democrat is behind and he keeps picking up votes and keeps picking up votes and he ends up winning, pretty shady if you ask me, but... Onto a more um, before you, before we move on to that, did you see? Uh, we talk about it a lot. Elon's uh, policy on misinformation. Yeah, it's not going to pretty be... much essentially the exact same as it was. Well, he said you can say it, but you you have a freedom to say it, but you don't have the freedom of reach. Apparently, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna shut down everything that. If they deem it that it's hateful, they're going to be like, no, nobody's going to see this. Right. So that's pretty much exactly the same as it was before. Right. But uh, there's a difference. Herein lies the difference what they're viewing as hate speech. And I think Elon is very, I'm not saying he is, you know, the Messiah or anything, but I think he is much less tolerant of like saying hate speech is saying um, women don't have penises. Like to them, to the left, that's hate speech. Well, that's not hate speech. That's just fact. So it'll be interesting to see what he actually deems as hate speech. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I know he he, uh, reinstated Trump, so. Yeah, he put a, and Trump's not coming back. Supposedly. He said, "Uh, I appreciate it, but I'm staying on my own platform. I don't think he has the, he has the, the self-control to stay Who's on his, who's on his. I haven't heard a fucking thing about his about Truth Social. Yeah, it's still it's it's well, out there. Well, yeah, I know it's out there, but it's I just like know. all the other wannabe platforms right. no, that he, aren't shit. No, he'll be back. I, I'm pretty sure Trump will be back. Well, he, he just announced the, his his candidacy, candidacy. So right, of course he's going to be back. Yeah, yeah. But I was speaking about um, I try I was trying to stay off trying to stay off social well a little bit and not paying attention to the election. Because it was not bringing me any peace or joy. It was just pissing me off. Um, 
so I got to thinking, what are things that you can immediately do right now, actions that you can take in your life that will immediately improve your life? And I think that's one of the top ones is to massively limit your time on social media. Not even, not even just phone, not even social media, your phone. Yeah. That's, uh, one thing I've done lately, I've got a couple apps. They limit my usage. Oh yeah. I've got one. It, I can't, it doesn't allow me to open, open certain apps until after noon. And then I can, and then it shuts them off after like nine o'clock at night or something like that. So I'm not laying in bed, just mindlessly fucking scrolling. Mm-hmm. And I I don't have any screens on my phone. I just have nothing on my phone. That's something I've done. Mm. Then I have another. So you don't open your phone and you're not distracted by yeah. shit. And I have another app that also limits the time usage. So I have. For a while, I just deleted uh, Facebook, the app, but then I, I, I always have to come back to it because I, I mean I use it for my business, this podcast, right? To be in touch with our family and shit like that, right? So I have another one that limits my time per day to like 20 minutes a day on the app. Yeah. My phone actually is, I got a pixel three and it's old, but it has a digital well being, and you can set time limits for all the apps and stuff. And that's one thing I did too, was took off the um, Facebook on my home screen, or at least like I have to go into my app drawer and to find it. Um, That helped a little bit, but I did for quite a while. I had it set. I can only use it for a certain amount of time and then it's locked out till the next day, which I mean, that helps. Um, But there's so much, I mean, it's just mindless. It's mindless scrolling. And there's, I find that, um, and this is like net, like Netflix too. I find that if I'm sitting there on the couch, like say I'm scrolling through Facebook or something and I spend how much time on it. And I'm like, wow, you know, I get up and I'm like, wow, I I didn't, I had that dopamine hits, you know, when you find the nice videos and stuff like that. But when you're done with it and you get up, you're just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not pleased with myself. I'm not, and I didn't enjoy this. And that's the same way with Netflix. You, You find a show on TV and you spend an hour or two hours watching it. And then you get up and you're like, wow, that was fun for a while, but I'm not happy with myself. I didn't enjoy that. I'm not pleased. So that's one thing that I'm definitely trying to limit is is the, the phone aspect and, and, that, and that sort of thing. And I would say that's probably, as our society right now, that's number one thing. Number one freaking thing you can do is limit your time on your phone and on social media would definitely box is having some difficulties over there with a camera sorry retarded you you could have kept talking i would have been zoomed in on your face right now and no one no one would have known i was over here struggling like a motherfucker sam yeah it's okay it's okay so yeah that i would say that's uh that's the biggest thing i was actually thinking of um i think i'm gonna go google free box you ever heard of de-googled phones you can buy like uh you can buy uh, pixels that are completely de-googled. Um, there's no Google services on them. You don't have to sign in. Therefore, Google cannot track you. Um, and I think Apple is a little bit better. I'm I'm not a fan of Apple at all, and I will never never own an Apple product in my life. But I do. There was an article I was reading that Google is sending like 
five to ten times as much data back to their servers than Apple is. And Apple is a little bit more privately privacy conscious than Google is. Um, Which uh, doesn't really say that much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But that's one thing I was I'm I'm debating going is completely uh, Google free, and then like my phone wouldn't have all you know was not going to have YouTube and all these time wasting trash apps on it. So that's one thing that I'm debating doing. I think I might I think I'm going to do that. And they don't like there'll be no. You can delete all those apps off that phone, though. But there's still a Google service tied to this. You're still logged well, yeah, into but your Google, that's and they, a, record, that's a they record everything they do. They record your location, where you go, all the shit. Mm. Well, that's a different part of it ever, the conversation completely. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. You can go Google free. What is, uh, what's something, is there another thing that you do that uh, you would say immediately improves your life? Immediately? Or in a short period of time? Uh, one thing I've recently started doing, I mentioned last podcast, I think maybe it was in the pre-show or something, that I started carrying this little notebook in my back pocket and a pen. Mm-hmm. And I just write things. Like a lot of times, I have a lot of shit run through my mind throughout the day about how to deal with things and, I don't know, realizations and stuff. Right. Motivational things, shit like that. Right. But it's really easy to just forget. Oh yeah, that stuff. Like you think about it, and you're like, "Wow, that makes a lot of sense. I should do that all the time." Mm-hmm. But then, like three hours later, you just never think of it again. Mm-hmm. So when I come up with stuff like that, or when I run across something like that, I write it down in that notebook. Something that re- resonates with me a lot, and every now and then I'll just take it out and read it again. Mm-hmm. Or I have reminders in there. And about how to deal with certain situations, things like that. And I'll take them out. And I'll just take it out, read it every now and then when I'm when I find myself feeling uh anxious or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just not quite as as good as I should be feeling. Mm-hmm. So I just take it out and I read it. Find something in there. Yeah. Cuz I mean, it when it's shit that you write down, realizations that you've had yourself and not just Quotes from someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It it hits a whole lot harder. Right. I would agree. I would agree. And I mean, yeah, of course, a lot of this stuff originates from uh, other quotes and stuff like that, but it's stuff that uh, has actually hit me hard, and I've put it in my own words. So you journal just like I do, and you you just no, don't I like don't. that word, don't you? It's not journaling. I mean, the the some of the things I have in here. Are, I mean, I only have like one page of shit in here. It's just like motivational shit. Like uh, one of them I have in here is show enthusiasm, and it's going to be hard. Do it anyway. Yeah, you don't just, show much enthusiasm, do you? No, I don't. But that's like that's like. But I wish I did. That's what I so call I journaling. Know. Is a similar thing. I I I like. No, this is this is way more manly than. <laughs> <laughs> no, my journal is is very similar to that. Like I I write down realizations I've had, you know, epiphanies, and I do. I I I unload my my brain uh, into it a lot of times. Like if I'm struggling with a situation, like I'll just write it out. And once you get all those feelings out of your brain and onto a piece of paper, you can read through them. And you a lot of many many times you'll you'll when you read through them, you realize oh, 
this is what I, how I should have reacted to this situation, or this is how I need to, this is what I need to do to fix this. Like getting that stuff out onto a piece of paper is, is super therapeutic. And I understand that like there is some, even, even with box, there is this stigma about keeping a diary you know, I mostly just give you shit about that know, because it's I fun. I know, but there is, I would say, you know, um, and it's not a, like, a, I think a diary is for little girls. I understand that, but a journal, you go home and write, write in your journal. This little, this boy stared at me a little <laughs> bit today. Should I ask him out? <laughs> I keep a, I keep a leather bound journal of my, my, um, personal, um, personal thoughts and things. And I actually got one just the other day. This is my business uh, journal. Your business diary? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll write down, this um, customer was mean to me. you know, thoughts and um, settings or this this particular place is just like um, how much I spent on the that the first black box gun, black box gun, things that I want to keep track of that, in, you know, in the future that I can come back to. There's a quote in here, um, just a motivational quote that I thought was really rev- relevant to my um, to my my life. So that is, I would say, one of the biggest things is writing stuff down and not in a digital space. Um, some reason there's something just about um, a pen and paper. That is a lot better than a digital. I hate no matter what it is. I've always hated keeping notes in my phone. Yeah, you just. I want to write it down. I want to write. I just want it on a piece of paper. I don't mm-hmm. want it on my phone. I just want it in a notebook somewhere. I can flip it open. I can look at it. It's physical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. That's always bothered me too. Yeah, that's just a yeah. A physical piece of piece of paper is the way to go. Definitely. Um, and whether that's just writing down reminders like box does, or I use it as a brain dump and just, cause my, I struggle sometimes with, I, I don't call it ADHD, but my brain just goes a mile, million miles an hour and it's so full of stuff. And I, I get it out on paper and I feel much more relaxed and my brain is much calmer cause everything's recorded here and I don't have to keep it up here. It can be just, you know, it's just a dump. Um, so that I would say. Try it if you if you you know you struggle with the same things you know overactive brain write stuff down it makes such a such a big difference and checklists I love checklists like there's nothing better than just like oh I I get I, get, I completed my whole checklist today like I love I don't know why but I love that I don't do checklists I do get that though. I mean, I use I use that to get myself out of a hole years ago. I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about that on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just super depressed, and I was like, "Oh well, I really need to stop being a fucking loser and do something with my life." So I just write down simple shit like making my bed, take my vitamins, drink some water, oh, yeah. just do stuff in the morning. And I was like, "Oh, I did something today. Yeah, I made absolutely. I did something to make myself better today." And if you t- if you speak to if you listen to uh, productivity people, that's one thing they tell you: write down everything, not just the big tasks. Write down the simple, like make your bed, absolutely, because there is there's that that feeling of accomplishment and that little hit of dopamine when you when you write, you scratch out that thing. I accomplished this today, and you can see what you did. That was that's uh I love it. I use it every single day. Of course, that's just kind of like a starting point. Obviously, you're not going to do that. <laughs> for the rest of your life, check off that you made your bed in the morning. I mean, you could. I mean, some people might, I guess, but 
Yeah. That's just that's just where I got started. Yeah. So eventually it got to working out and stuff and how many reps I wanted to do every day and mm-hmm. shit like that. And that wasn't long. That was, I mean, I started one month, like the beginning of one month and at the end of the month I was working out. Yep. And they say too, like um, on a lot of checklists, don't write like a big thing. Like say you're going to paint the outside of your house. If you write down paint the outside of my house, that seems like a monumentally huge task and you're going to, you're going to put it off and not get it accomplished. But if you put down like, okay, today I want to wash the outside of my house and get it clean before I start prepping it. And today I want to tape off the windows and here I want to like, I want to sand the, sand the windows and here I want to sand the east side of the house, like break it down into little tiny achievable goals so you can see progress and it's much easier to tape off the window than paint the whole freaking house. So that's one major thing that helps a lot. You ever noticed how much harder it gets to do something the longer you put it off? Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Oh man. That's, that's been happening a lot to me lately. Like I shoot in my house and the photo is not firearms. <laughs> so my house is like always a mess. Well, not always. I like to keep it clean. Sam knows that, but my kitchen I hate doing dishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking the worst thing in the world mm-hmm. for me. And I so I just keep shooting photos, and rather than putting all my stuff away, I just I'm like oh, I'll leave it out for a day, and I'll come back and shoot some more tomorrow or something. And then my dishes pile up because I I tell myself that I'm no, I've got to work instead. Mm-hmm. And then eventually my whole house is just a shit show, and I'm like. I don't really want to clean my whole house right now. So I'm just going to sit down and relax tonight because I need it. And then right. it just gets worse and worse and worse. And eventually yeah. you're just like, no, I have to do something. That's one thing I discovered definitely with dishes. I absolutely despise doing dishes, but I found out that if you do the dishes every night, just the few, like, you know, the two forks and the two plates that you dirtied up so much easier than if you let it go over till the next day and then you're just like, oh, you know, no big deal. And you add a plate and yeah, and pretty soon you got a massive stack that absolutely sucks ass to do and it takes you an hour to do your dishes. I hate that. That's something I can't do. I don't, maybe maybe your life is different than mine, but I never just have like a plate and a fork. I mean, recently I've been, I've been trying to cook more because I'm, I'm buying less like frozen food and hot dogs. Right. <laughs> and frozen pizzas and shit like that. So I always have like... And I end up cooking at like seven o'clock at night. So I'll cook. Right. It's eight o'clock by the time I'm eating. Eight thirty nine by the time I'm I get off my ass mm-hmm. and done eating. And then I'm just like, nah, I'll do these dis- dishes tomorrow because it's already late. Right, well, late in my book. I try not to do anything after nine o'clock at night. <laughs> but then <laughs> you're so old. I mean, I try not to do like any work related oh. shit after nine o'clock oh, at night. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. I try to shut my mind. That's why I have my phone set to not let me do anything after 9 o'clock at night. And just try to. I was surprised you texted me back last night. It was as late as it was. Well, I was up trying to fucking plan this podcast. Because yeah. then I was realizing, wow, there is a lot of shit in here. So I was up till midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One other thing that I found personally works for me uh, that, that I know Jesse is not into. Um, you don't know that I mean, med- a lot of weird things. Meditate, you don't know. Meditation and not in like the crazy weird, like, you know, getting super into it, but just like 
my meditation is um, sit in a comfortable position, turn off my brain, and actually there's a form of meditation where, and essentially what meditation is, is just clearing your brain and, and trying to keep it as clear as possible and, and focusing on your breathing. And there will be thoughts and stuff and your mind will wonder and you just bring it back to nothing, to your breathingness. So you're breathing, breathing, breathing this. Uh, and that's like, there's something. So after five or 10 minutes of that, and it doesn't seem like five, like five minutes just flies by like that. But if you can keep your mind and, and just blank and, and, and reel it back in every time when you're done, like you feel so much, like, I just feel like everything is like a weight is lifted off of me. And uh, I do this when I have really hard days and I'm stressed out about something and my brain will not stop. I'll journal a little bit and then I'll just do this simple meditation. And it's just, I feel so much better, just absolutely immensely better. And I know there's like a stigma on that. Like I'm a gun guy, freedom loving, bacon, you know, bacon eating, whiskey drinking guy. Like, to me, rep, you know, saying I love meditation and it helps me, I know probably sounds weird to a lot of people, but, you know, I think you do what works for you. And this is one thing that has absolutely helped me quite a bit. It's not as looked down upon as it used to be. It's certainly becoming more more and more Mainstream. widely accepted. Right. And I think a lot of the people, like, I, I I, would bet you a lot more people do it than you would you would expect. Oh, definitely. I mean, a lot of people aren't really comfortable telling people about that because there's that, right? They look down upon you for it. And like, oh, you're a fucking, what do you think? You're a yogi master or some shit? Right. I mean, no, I just don't want to find myself suicidal or some shit yeah. like that. And I just want to live a happy life, dude. Yep. The brain is the brain is a muscle, and it, I mean it's just like anything else. And I don't, if, I don't think it is technically a muscle, not technically. <laughs> but I'm saying if you exercise it, you get better at it, and it becomes stronger. And that's why I'm saying like when you're when you're meditating, your mind wonders, which it's going to do. You're never going to be able to keep it completely blank. But just the consistent practice of bringing it back to your breathing and clearing your brain. Like you get so much better at that and it's so much easier after a while. So like the first couple of times you do it, it's extremely difficult, but it's something that you get a lot better at. And that's, that is one of my recommendations. Just try it. Um, a lot of people, there is guided meditation on like YouTube, just search, search five or 10 minute guided meditation. And I, the people are really, really freaking. I mean, they sound like, you know, I just, can't stand those people. Close though. your eyes. I don't. I You're know. a beautiful individual. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> if I was beautiful, I wouldn't be single and 33 years old. Uh, I am uh, a 100 percent average-looking man. I'm not beautiful. So there is a lot of that, but just if, and I'm sure there are people that are not like that too. But like that's a lot of the ones that I run across. So just deal with that. And they actually, if they, I mean, they'll speak to you and kind of tell you to, what to focus on and they play nice music and stuff. You're going to do it and you'll be like, Sam, what the hell, you know, because it's very cheesy. But it, it, when you're first starting out, that definitely helps. So that's something that I would recommend if you've never done it before and you want to try it. So are there any like uh, quotes, maybe not quotes. Like realizations that have hit you, like what's the something that that's hit you the absolute hardest that you like a realization that you've had that you it hit you and you're like, 
holy shit, and it just changed everything for you. Is there anything like that for you? Um, Not like uh, I should do this, but something about your life or how you've been living or... I think one of the biggest things philosophically. is I, I won't go into detail about it, but this there's there's things about me than the way that I act and mostly in my relationship um, that are that are unhealthy and, and not they're almost a toxic trait things that I do oh, the toxic mas- masculinity huh <laughs> no but like <laughs> things that are ingrained in me you know I am a very defensive person like if someone tells you know come up hey you have an issue with this like it's immediate like immediate defense instead of just like oh you know and 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 reflecting a little bit and and seeing that in myself and then working on it it was a very and it still is i mean it's something i've always struggled with but it's i'm a very defensive person um but when you realize that and you can start working on it then you can actually you know that opens up a lot rather than just being stuck in your own ways and this is how i am and this is how i do things realize that it doesn't have to be how i am i can change it for the better to make my life and those around me everyone's life better that was one i the first thing that comes to mind i guess what was it that made you realize that um a lot of it was um uh struggling in my in our relationship and journaling like writing it out and figuring and like seeing it in paper then i i actually realized that like you know that just it just kind of finally clicked i guess uh you were writing something down and then you realized oh what i'm writing is bullshit is that what happened and then you had to scratch it out and write something completely different no it was actually writing out and i see it on paper and i'm like oh like this mm. is I, I get it now. Like it, it just clicked, you know, there's something about writing stuff out that it get, really makes you introspectic. Is that a word? Um, I don't know if it's a word, but I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. You, you know, refl- it, yeah. Yeah. Perspective, I believe is the introspective. Yeah. Okay. But that would be, I guess when you ask that question, that's like the first thing that comes to mind, like the biggest um, realization, I guess. Do you have one? Yeah. I mean, and I, I've had it recently again, the thought recently again, but I, I think you've read the same book that I did. I don't remember which one it's from, and I've tried to find it again. It's something about, I know f*** is in the title. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's by some Irish or Scottish dude or something. I forget what his name is, but at the very end of it, he says, you are going to die. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's something that hits me really hard. And I had the thought the other day, we're always so focused on how we want to live. But I think maybe it's more productive to be focused on how we want to die. Like, what do you want to be? What do you want things to be like when you're, de- when you're dead? Rather than focusing on, well, I want this and this and this to be like this while I'm living in five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, rather than, I think it's more productive to focus on what you want when you're dead or when you're on your deathbed. Oh, you explain a little bit more, I guess, because I don't like you want to change things about the world or 
What do you no, mean? No, what's like that? what's going to be most important to you when you're di- when you're like when you're laying there on your deathbed and you're about to die? What's going to be going through your mind? Oh, okay. Shit like that. Like there's right. a Les Brown is one speaker that I really like. Have you ever listened to him? I'm I'm sure I've ran across you him. Should, he's 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 awesome. He really resonates with me a lot. Uh, but he's there's one speech that he has where he says, "You're laying on your deathbed and all your your thoughts and your dreams and your goals etc are are standing around you and looking at you while you're on your deathbed and they never had a chance to live i forget the whole quote okay i see what you're saying i see what you're saying so i mean it's better to focus i guess i mean it comes down to focusing on the end goal rather than right Right. Focusing the, on the immediate next, which kind of contradicts a lot of other things that I believe in with like living in the moment and shit like that. But well, that, I don't know that just like who you want to be as a human. Right. As a person. I, what book is that? I know what you're talking about and I can't remember exactly what the heck it is. It was a very, it was a really good book. Kind of a very eye opening book. I can't remember. You're right. It did have the word f**k in the title or something. Well, I've read or, several of them that had f**k in the title. Or shit actually, or something so. like that. I can't remember. I bought it. I'm pretty sure. Did I buy it? Yeah. Or Kendra owns. I don't remember. Good book. Good book. If we find it, we'll uh, we'll put it in the show notes so you can well, check it out. Well, I don't know which one it is, so. Um, I, but I would I would agree with that. I think it's I think if you're lying on your deathbed, you're never going to be wishing that you spent more time watching Netflix or one hundred percent. That's what I mean. You know, screwing around your phone rather than spending time with your your family and your loved ones, or you know, building a. Um, I wouldn't say nobody wishes they worked more, but that's one thing that I've you know that I enjoy is building something you know that can be used as an avenue for good, I guess. So, but yeah, we'll start, we'll try and find that book. Um, trying to find it right now. I'm pretty sure. While you're looking, I will say the last thing, the last thing that I will uh, say that will immediately improve your life, uh, and it's cheesy as hell, but so strap in, but gratefulness, just be freaking grateful for what you do have. Like even if, and I understand that's hard, like when you're in a, when you're in a shitty situation and you're struggling with something and, um, you know, life's not easy but it can always be far worse. And if you're thankful for, you know, the rough, you you wake up every morning in a climate controlled environment, um, you know, and you're with someone you love, you have a family or, you know, whatever the good things that you do have in your life, if you're actually genuinely grateful and there's a difference between when I say being grateful for something and just be like, Oh yeah, I'm glad I got this. Like be actually truly grateful for something. That's just like a feeling that you're, it's hard to describe, but I think you know what I talk about when I say be genuinely grateful for something. Like, you will be so much, so much, so much freaking happier than if you're just a horrible, complaining, shitty individual that does nothing good, complain about stuff. That's uh, kind of similar, very similar actually, to another thought I had recently, which actually stemmed from photography and a lack of inspiration was trying to find the beauty in things. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that I actually haven't written down yet. Maybe I should in my, in my 
my diary, mm-hmm. as you call it, mm-hmm. is just finding the beauty. I mean, there's yeah. something good about just about everything. Yeah. You just got to find the right perspective to look at it. You know, the biggest one thing you talk about living in the moment a little bit ago too, um, between that and finding the beauty and stuff, like how many times when you drive back to Kingsley and Pearson, like it's only eight miles, but do you ever realize like, do you ever look around? Like, cause so many times you're just staring at the road and you're like, Oh, I'm already at the turn and you turn, you don't, you know, or when you're taking a road trip and you just like lose track of time for miles and miles and miles. And you're like, Ooh, did I pass that? You know, say there's a big elevator here or something. Did I even pass that? And you don't even know where you're at. Like if you actually like, Iowa's was a beautiful country. And if you're, if you're, you know, look around and enjoy the, the, you know, what you're driving by, like it's so much just like living in the moment. Exactly. Like being present rather than just thinking about all the things throughout your day. That was one thing that I noticed made a, you know, made a pretty big difference for me too. It's just actually living in the moment and, and like Bach says, seeing the beauty and in, in things rather than just ignoring it. It's super easy these days to be like, well, that's fucking stupid. Like yeah. Sam's talking about driving back and forth from Pearson to Kingsley and, half a mile south of Kingsley, there's a shit worthless road that they just refuse to fix and they just keep patching with dog shit patches and <laughs> they need to do it every three, three months and there's yeah. already a giant pothole there from when they did it a few months ago. Yeah. It's ver- super easy to drive over that every day and just be like, these guys are fucking worthless. This road is awful rather than, I mean, there's several things on the way from, like there's a windmill right outside the town on the top of a hill that I look at every time that I think that I really want to take pictures of. There's uh, another, I think there's another windmill out by Dana's house on the, on the turn that I really want to take pictures of. There's a grove in between that turn and Mm -hmm. Kingsley that I want to take pictures of. There's cool. There's that's three things in seven miles that Mm -hmm. I want to look at. But the most, that thing that hits me the most is that big ass fucking pothole on that road every time yeah, because yeah. somehow it's the biggest inconvenience to me right because i have to turn my wheel a half an inch and right. drive around yeah yeah um and and instead of the realizing the fact that oh we can go eight miles in eight minutes when you know how many years ago 100 years ago this journey would have taken us all day to complete you know, and we're in heated and air conditioned, super luxurious, comfortable, heated and air conditioned seats. I got a heated steering wheel on my new truck, like that you don't drive in the winter <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> I did the, I did last night. It took me, I uh, took the girl out bowling in it, but, um, yeah, and there was a, I was put out a video on Shyworks talking about this. I was looking for an app that you could like just upload your photos to and they'd send you physical photos like Polaroids or whatever. And there is such a thing, I guess. And they, apparently it's free, but you just have to pay shipping and handling, which I'm sure. I've used it before. That's what all the pictures on my fridge are. Okay. Is it worth it? Is it, is if you're just looking for regular old five by seven prints or whatever they are. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Well, I was looking through that, um, the reviews on it and most of them were pretty good, but there was one lady like, it takes so long to load. Why does it take so long? And why do we have to pay shipping? Why is shipping so expensive? Why can't you just give this thing to us for nothing? Right. And I, that just struck me like, seriously, somebody's giving you something for free. All you have to do is pay the shipping 
And all you can do is bitch and complain about it because it takes too long on your phone while you're sitting and staring at it and moving something with your thumb. By the touch of your thumb, you're ordering something from a thousand miles away for free off your couch, but I, and it'll be here next week. Yeah, and I guar- but I guarantee you that is one of the most an- unhappy women woman oh, definitely. that you've ever met in your life. I guarantee it. Because definitely. she doesn't understand the simple aspect of being thankful for, you know, things we do have. And strangely enough, this didn't even I didn't even realize this, but Thanksgiving is Thursday. Like, you know, four days from wow. now. So there you go. It was meant to be. There you go. Uh you guys are hearing this after the fact, so I hope you did have a wonderful Thanksgiving and uh were actually thankful and remembered uh, you know, what that day is all about. It's not about football. <laughs> but, I didn't even remember there was football on Thanksgiving to be yeah, honest. I don't even I don't even pay attention anymore. Not even a little bit. Dallas, that used to be my team. They play every Thanksgiving, but couldn't care less. Is it anymore. still the is it still the I wonder if the if Washington still plays since they're not the Redskins anymore. Uh, <laughs> or if they I mean that was tradition. Right. <laughs> now that they're the commanders. The commanders, I mean, yeah. Who the f- cares about that? Right. Yeah. I yeah, I assume they still play. So I don't know. This was a little bit of a different episode. Box. We went from freaking talking about, you know, drinking whiskey and in, in the pre-show, and then talking about, uh, you know, being sovereign citizens and all this stuff to to this conversation. It's been a little bit of a different one, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I got a piss like a Russian racehorse, though. <laughs> it's well, that, very uncomfortable all right, right well, now. Thanks for that bit of information, and we'll end the show on that note. If you did enjoy the show, make sure uh, you check out our. Uh, sponsors, Shyworks, Cerakote, uh, Iowa's customer preferred Cerakote applicator. Uh, you can find them on shyworks.com as well as on Facebook and Twitter. On uh, Our other sponsor is Ballistic Imagery, photography and videography uh, for uh, brand building. What do you call it? Brand building photography. Yep, that's it. Check them out at ballisticimagery.com as well as on Facebook. They can help you out with all your photography and videography needs. So, also, if you enjoy what we do and want to support the show, check us out on uh, Subscribe Star. Just go to Subscribe Star, search Life Short, Live Free, and you can join for less than a cup of coffee, and we'll give you some perks and, and goodies. We're not just asking for handouts. There is some perks and stuff you get you get there, so go and check that out. And uh, also, um, our website, lifeshortlivefree.com. Download our app. You can join the, the forum as well as the Discord, which is actually very active. We have a pretty good discord going on so go and check that out i'm thinking of making that more public what do you think of that i think we absolutely need to i don't know how to do that but (laughs) well all you got to do is put out the invite the invite for discord um they then they can join the discord and don't have to be on the app well yeah i yeah but there's a way to search for discord servers i think too but ours does not show up oh yeah i don't know anything about that so Something yeah, if you, about changing that. If you do want to join the Discord, um, you can download the LSLF app. Um, you can join right there. Um, if you have an iPhone, we don't have an app for that because it's expensive and stupid. So uh, give us, shoot us a message and you can join the Discord. We'll give you the invite. But guys, that's all we got for you. Thanks for sticking around. It was a good one. Hope you guys had a fanta- fantastic Thanksgiving. And until we talk to you next time, remember, life short, live free. God bless. God bless you, man. Stay tuned. And to fund the ACF. Heal the NFA.